Okay, so Caitlin, today we are taking a look at all the evidence I was able to collect um, in regards to what China's exact uh, potentially genocidal abuses are. Um, that's been going around a lot lately. I first kind of got uh, tuned into this topic, I guess, in terms of China's concentration camps when I did that uh, talk show back at school called Conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I interviewed a professor there and um, basically he told me about this. But I didn't really do a deep dive into it until today. Well, it sounds very <clears throat> intense. I can't wait to hear about it. I um, I wanted to know exactly kind of what both uh, sides were saying because I read the CBC headline from just the other day that said, Beijing erupts at Canada after parliamentary committee says China's Uyghur province amounts to genocide. Or, uh, sorry, Uyghur policy amounts to genocide. And that got me thinking. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of tensions between China and Canada, uh, I guess probably since 2016 or 2017 now. it's It's been really been going on for a yeah. while. Yeah. Um, in the article, interestingly, um, basically a House of Commons subcommittee said that uh, there was camps, uh, there was a forced labor population, um, there was controlling measures, they were designed to eradicate the Uyghur culture. And just in terms of that, they labeled mass detentions in concentration camps, forced labor, state surveillance, population control measures. Um, and the committee said it agreed with experts that it uh, breaches the 1948 Genocide Convention as laid down by the General Assembly of the United States, or sorry, the United Nations. And if we're just going to look at that for a second, um, I wanted to know exactly what was on that. So that was kind of post-World War II. Um, they first put it down in 1948. But it didn't really go into effect until 1952 or something like that. And I think that it had um, 39 initial signing members, but it has up to 152 now, and China is on there. Interesting. Yeah, here it is. So, uh, yeah, 39 at the time, 152 now, including China, who have signed and ratified this. So they're definitely breaking the rules that I'm about to read out to you. Okay. All right, so by this definition, and again, this is coming from the United Nations... Uh, genocide means any of the following. Um, killing members of a group, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of a group, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life um, calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. And so we heard about that. They're trying to um, basically force birth control. That's one of the allegations against China. Okay, so there's also forcibly um, transferring children of the group to another group. And there is uh, these following punishable acts. So we have genocide, direct and public incitement to commit genocide, uh, attempts to commit genocide, or complicity in genocide. So as we kind of look at this evidence that I have collected today, we will see if China is breaking the agreement they signed and... You know, sometimes people break contracts, so it's entirely possible. <laughs> and it should be easy to figure out because that United Nations definitions of genocide were very specific. Like they were. clearly stated what was or wasn't. Yeah, exactly. And again, people break contracts. There has been other cases of genocide across time. We know that. Yeah. Um, just in terms of looking at this specifically uh, from a Canadian perspective... I don't want to get too much into the trade and economic issues between the two countries. We can save that for another episode if we want to. But 
China responded to um, the House of Commons subcommittee, the Canadian House of Commons subcommittee, by saying, um, okay, so this is so-called genocide. It is a rumor and a farce fabricated by some anti-Chinese forces to slander China. It's a groundless statement. Um, it's full of lies and disinformation. And they warned parliamentarians to avoid doing any further damage to China-Canada relations. So let's just say, um, wow, yeah, I like have... the warning <laughs> specifically. That's yeah. That's are really they going to be labeling more sanctions? Uh, I guess we'll see. But this Canada is not the only country to be speaking out against this right now. Joe Biden recently um, agreed with the term genocide to describe this. So ahead of the election, so that's what they're thinking. So their statement that there's no grounds for this to be accurate is. Well, and I looked at, uh, yes, and I looked at data from around the world. So Australia, England, um, I did some Middle East news outlets and quite a few American ones. Just in terms of who's saying what right now, it's basically everyone who decided to put their voice into the matter says China is committing these offenses and atrocities, wow. and it's only China saying they're not. That's very interesting. So no one has taken China's side. Well, no. As of yet, <laughs> And of course, least. they're a big, uh, powerful nation themselves. Except for by staying silent. Exactly. And if you consider silence to kind of be complicity in this sense, then maybe, but I'm not going to label any labels on that matter. <laughs> and what I want to do is I want to go through this really slowly because I, I want to be concise. I want to I want everyone to feel that they have a reasonably informed opinion on what's going on by the end of this. And if we have to split it into multiple parts and multiple episodes, we will. But let's just look at what I've, I've got so far. Okay, sounds good. All right. So um, I kind of just got down the rabbit hole by looking at what evidence I could find. And by the way, I wasn't using Google for the most part on this, but I did look at um, the Google satellite images that a lot of these so-called experts, and I'm only saying so-called because we haven't introduced them yet, but the experts saying China has built prison compounds and concentration camps. But we'll get there. Um, I was doing a lot of the searching on DuckDuckGo specifically because it's not privacy tracked. And what came up first was a New York Post editorial and the New York Post editorial started by saying, <clears throat> this is also the most uh, strongly worded, I would say, of the statements against China I read. They said it's proof of pure evil. They have a production factory for forced labor. Um, they're committing torture, uh, forced birth control, and brainwashing sessions. So wow. sounds like a, sounds a little familiar and very dystopian and unpleasant. But let's dig into that a bit more. Of course, this is just an editorial. So where do they get their data? And by the way, published published August 28th, 2020. So they cited BuzzFeed. And I went over to BuzzFeed and um, they had the whole thing based off of satellite analysis. And uh, they stated that they talked to 28 former um, internment camp residents. Uh, they also admitted that these residents they spoke to were all <clears throat> released before um, the most recent buildings were constructed to house prisoners. So uh, I'm calling that at this time, uh, like the second generation or the newest generation of concentration camps. At the beginning, again, according to BuzzFeed, they were housing everyone in um, old schools and like former public buildings that had since been abandoned. And they had moved so many residents into the area that they, they had to expand. So they built compounds. And Google has, of course, publicly available satellite images, and they took pictures of this region. Also of note, um, China has a search agency called Baidu. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's B-A-I-D-U. 
and they also have satellite images and the regions that um, were looked at are blocked by light gray tiles that are basically just giant square blocks over that area so you can't look <laughs> again suspicious <laughs> okay and just to clarify we're all the residents of these old schools and buildings muslims mm -hmm. yeah so i should have uh, stated that so what we're actually looking at and again this is in jingjiang province jingjiang if I'm pronouncing that right, the Xinjiang Autonomous Region, which is, um, it borders Mongolia um, and Kyrgyzstan, as well as at, the, at its most southern southern point, Ta Tajikistan. Tajikistan? I'm sure it's yeah. pronounced with a bit of throatiness <laughs> like that. Anyway, Tajikistan. So that's its most southern point. Okay, yeah, so the groups they have there, the um, Muslim minority groups, Uyghur and Kazakhs, uh, as well as other Muslim minorities. And what BuzzFeed is claiming is that this is the largest scale, um, I guess, internment camp since World War II. They're claiming more than 1 million people are living there and that this began in 2016. Um, a top Xinjiang province official was recently sanctioned by the U.S. over human rights abuses and um, basically putting Muslim minorities into these places. So the U.S. is sanctioned, Canada's spoken out against it, um, Britain and Australia as well, so Western media, of course. But I did look at, you know, what they said against um, those media outlets, and we'll get to that in time. So um, moving on, those are the people there. Um, it's half, it's about half of the region's population, actually, are Muslim minorities. And the wow. region has 25 million. So right now, 1 million are, have moved into camps, and they're moving more people there. Anyway, that's not the best. They, the, those who aren't in the province or in the internment camps within the province are under permanent surveillance via facial recognition cameras and oh cell phone goodness. tracking, amongst other means. Yeah, that's not good. Okay, out of curiosity, I don't know if you have the answer to this question, but when you talked about how uh, the people BuzzFeed um, interviewed were um had been in the camps previous so at like what time were these people in the camps how far back were these camps okay so made? i didn't vet all the interviews i looked at two people both of whom buzzfeed also included a picture of them so they were a little bit more legit um and they featured were featured more heavily basically so i did look at them now um let's kind of get to that section but the short answer is early on so we actually don't know what's going in, what's going on in these places. And BuzzFeed admitted that as well. Based on the conjecture of satellite imagery alone, um, they're thinking these are prison camps, concentration camps. But we don't know the day-to-day -day activities. We do know what the day-to-day -day activities were if these sources are to be believed at the beginning. So one of them, um, his name is Jenison Berbadek. He's 49. And he described it as living in horror. Um, he was kind of there during the early expansion um, when the first facilities were becoming too full. And uh, the new compound they have recently built is in Shufu. And estimates are putting that at about 10,000 people could uh, be kept at Shufu. And th there was a few others capable of 10,000 as well. Now, just as a kind of comparison here, BuzzFeed was claiming that there are 260 internment camps, but Al Jazeera was claiming 380. So there was a discrepancy there as well. 
Now, um, there was another guy, we'll get to him, I think, uh, that BuzzFeed also interviewed. But again, it was early on, and kind of what they were saying was that they were being forced to um, listen to and study Communist Party propaganda. They were being forced to learn Chinese characters. And um, when they studied, they were there was no room in the classrooms that they originally kind of had been using. So they had plastic stools beside beds. You would squat on the plastic stool and you would keep your spine as erect as possible while you recited the, um, I guess, brainwashing study material um, because there was a camera right in wow. front of them. Every person had a camera monitoring them at all and times. And these are the early days. Like well, this is, exactly, this is right? the beginning. Yes, and... I guess maybe this is jumping around, but there was a rare press conference out of the region by another top party official. And what he was basically saying was that they are trainees and that they, um, many of them have graduated to go on to live stable uh, work lives, assisted, of course, by the government, and were happy and content. The Associated Press out of Beijing um, reported on that guy's quotes, and that's where I'm getting that from. Going off of that quote, um, has anyone talked to any of the recent graduates from this no. special program? Uh, that as far are as I found, really great lives? there are no graduates to um, speak to, um, because, because if you do, no well, if you do get released, and some of these people BuzzFeed talked to were just straight up released. Yeah. Um, they're certainly not living stable work lives, stable job lives, assisted by the government. Like they fled the country. They. They escaped, and there was checkpoints as well, monitoring them when they returned to their towns. But, um, for example, Zenishan, he escaped and fled. All right, so that's kind of uh, the story on what we're looking at like from there. And just as a side note, I do want to mention that of all the different websites I looked at and all the different articles I kind of crawled through, BuzzFeed for sure had the easiest reading experience it was very um, clear and concise, and they kind of have the entire web page from left to right dedicated solely to the article and to huge blown-up satellite images um, sourced from Google. And that was just really nice because other outlets, um, well, let's just say there were so many ads on the page that it was very distracting, and it also kind of took away a bit of credibility. So I know BuzzFeed is a startup. I have looked at their work before and sometimes can be criticized. But again, I compared it to other people today. So from what I read from that website, I'm trusting it as a pretty good source. They do quote somebody that um, basically works for a Jamestown kind of organization, think tank. Let's go to him for a minute. Um, his name is, I think, Adrian Zenz. And uh, this is where the disclosure of evidence is against China for um, forced kind of internment is coming from. So there was a investigative report from the Associated Press as well as new research report, a new research report by a scholar, Adrian Zenz, uh, yeah, from the Jamestown Foundation. Now, China Daily uh, is a source that I looked at who basically had a YouTube page up on right away when you search um, saying that Zenz is not a reputable source. It was an English video. They had a Western guy... Um, and a Chinese professor speaking English, uh, well, I don't even know if he's a professor, but let's just say he was sitting in a very university institution kind of looking office with mm -hmm. a bookshelf, and they spoke out against him. They said that he wasn't credible. What I can say about Adrian Zenz right now is that he seems to be the top source for Western outlets, 
he is just a scholar who's studying um, the Uyghur culture and basically from what he can ascertain what's going on there. Okay, so he's complete. He's he's BuzzFeed's top Western scholar source. And his opinion is one hundred percent that Chinese the the Chinese government is breaking the United. What all these outlets are basing um, their China's committing genocide quotes on can pretty much be attributed to um, the work of Adrian Zenz and uh, certainly for. BuzzFeed, the Associated okay. Press Investigative Report. So Adrian Zen is doing all of this work, and that's where people, that's the main source that everyone is kind of relying on right now. So then what did China Daily say about Zen's? Okay, China Daily said that he's a so-called researcher who quickly became a major source for elites um, in America and in the West, which they kind of ascertained if it's quick it's not um you know valuable Mm -hmm. maybe they just put him into that position to be a a spokesperson against chinese policy chinese domestic policy now um yeah they also said that he based his report this new research report that everyone's citing he that he based it from a single tv station called istiqal Istiklal TV, which is a Uyghur exiled media organization okay. based in Turkey. Now, I did look into them. Mm-hmm. And like Uyghur Muslims, there's a big population of them in Turkey is yeah. why they're there. So, yeah, I watched, I checked out that uh, station and I couldn't understand what they were saying because it was in Uyghur. But they showed a picture of Zens in a new video that they posted. And the video's title was um, Expanding Military Readiness for Taiwan. So I just gather that he's also doing some work on what China is doing to kind of um, control Taiwan. And they also sourced Zens for that and showed a picture of a minute. So I don't know if Istiqual was um, using Zens or if, as China Daily says, Zens was using Istiqual for what's going on in the ground in Xinjiang province. Okay. Now, I don't know how credible China Daily is. They had 33,000 um, subscribers on YouTube and they had some really bizarre videos. I looked at their Facebook page as well. They seem to be doing a lot of strange fluff videos. Uh, one of the ones was titled, um, A septuagenarian in Yunnan province teaches himself three musical instruments. Impressive. And they really, they had that with an exclamation mark at the end. <laughs> <laughs> they also had, Finnish teenager spends day as prime minister. And... Weird. It was like a predominant amount of their videos were weird fluff stories like this. So I don't know what China Daily is and doing, then but... then they're ripping on Zen. Yes. China Daily does not believe that there is any problems going on in Xinjiang, and we should focus instead on the impressive Yunnan septuagenarian who can play three musical instruments. And not only do they believe that there's no problems, they believe that that's the only important political issue to be discussing, is that there is no problems because everything else is fluff pieces. Well, basically, yeah. And so they took down Zens. And um, basically, that was uh, their kind of piece on that. But we'll have to look at what everyone else is saying and quoting from Zens. But just moving on with uh, how BuzzFeed was reporting on the story, they quoted an Australian 2018 satellite analysis coming from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Um, so, yeah, they did the satellite analysis, but they also had a drone footage video which they said was a prisoner transfer um, dating to April 2019, months after the government first said that the system was for vocational training. 
Now, this drone footage video was leaked by, um, I watched it, it was leaked by uh, a page called War on Fear. They had the comments turned off, and about 1,800,000 people had viewed this drone footage. Um, it was in English uh, with Mandarin in the description kind of about it. And now, I watched this video, and I could tell you, it was messed up for sure. Just kind of to describe what I saw, um, they had uh, about, well, and again, my math is not the best on this one because they were huddled together, but I did try to multiply how many prisoners I saw in the video, and we're talking at least 390 because I'm assuming I counted a little under, actually, because they were really clumped together. So about 390 prisoners, they were being forced through a high-security gate, very tall, can't climb over, barbed wire, after getting off a train. And this high-security gate was at a compound. The compound was built right on railway tracks, obviously for <laughs> getting people to the compound most efficiently. That's really unbelievable. It was disturbing. You could see it from this drone video they were all huddled in the courtyard right off the train before being marched. They were forced to sit down. Their hands were cuffed behind their back, and they had blindfolds that were extremely precise. Like, they weren't going to come off. They were wrapped all the way around. It's so head. interesting because that whole imagery with the train and the compound being right there, I mean, I'm sure everyone's just getting the biggest Holocaust, World War II vibes off of that because that's Absolutely. the... That's the picture you think of now if you go to the show notes i am going to be linking all the sources i came across so you can see this for yourself you can watch the drone video i think it's about a minute and 20 seconds long um they were also wearing uniforms and then they had high uh blue high vis vests on kind of a penny sort of thing mm -hmm. um and it had identification numbers on it and the australian strategic policy institute talked about this footage they said that it was um, for sure a prisoner transfer April 2019, or at least that's what they're saying, months after the government first said that this system, this re-education system that they were doing was for vocational training. Yeah. And if you're wondering what vocational really means in this context, I looked it up and it is an occupation to which a person is especially drawn on for which they are suited, <laughs> trained, oh or qualified. So even just that language is pretty suspect. Yeah. Now, the Chinese government has been putting uh, heavy penalties for expressing Turkic minority culture from Kazakh and Uyghur language education to practicing Islam outside of state-controlled mosques. So no teaching children the language, no practicing your faith outside of state-controlled Islamic mosques, and um, they are rounding up people and sending them to camps for re-education now who buzzfeed talked to um they all basically said that they weren't sure why they've been sent to these facilities they weren't sure at all what type of facilities they were and the thing that they had in common was their um minority status so that was buzz okay yeah, go on. that yeah. was going to be a question i had like out of curiosity what is um the rationale for whatever you want to say they're doing with all these people what is the rationale behind this even if it is training these specific people for jobs like they're claiming they're doing why what is the point and this would be um me just providing conjecture at this point but it is for ethnic cleansing purposes they want the region to not have um half its population be turkish and muslim minorities 
Okay. And has that been going up in the recent years? Like you said, that was more about, immigration to the region. You mean that was about 50% of the population, but is that, you know, I didn't, I didn't look right at now? those stats, um, but we'll put a pen in that. We will check that out and we will okay. report on yeah. that in subsequent so I'm, episodes. I'm curious. I, I don't know. 50% like they, it's significant. It, yeah. It's tons. And again, they yeah, border Mongolia, Kyrgyzstan they... and Taj, mm -hmm. Tajikistan. <laughs> I will fix uh, my pronunciation of those two if I can. Okay. Then looking at the next stuff here, we have, uh, okay, and just in hearing more about BuzzFeed's interviews, so 28 former detainees they listed, most recalled frequently being moved from camp to camp. They say that that was meant to combat overcrowding in the first generation of facilities. I think maybe it was to avoid um, detection and tracking by kind of international sources a little more, at least while they kind of... You know, they wanted to stay secretive. So in my opinion, moving around a lot would have helped with that. They described, these detainees, described sleeping um, two to a twin bed, uh, shift sleeping sometimes so that they could switch beds and have it to themselves, uh, receiving meager quantities of food with little to no protein. And so another guy that BuzzFeed spoke to, he was detained kind of at uh, around the end of 2017. What he described seeing in the facility was uh, a pregnant woman in shackles, another who was breastfeeding a baby. They were within the inside of the compound. Uh, again, we spoke about this earlier, but they were forced to memorize Communist Party propaganda, Chinese characters. Uh, the classroom was too overcrowded, so they had them squatting beside the bed in front of cameras, repeating their lessons. And there was a window in his room that was too high to look out of, and it was only a patch of sky. So he kind of, you know, felt very much a prisoner. He described uh, wishing that he could have been a bird and just fly out the window, but that he was not able to. He also described his experience coming home and um, escaping and getting back to his family and his family wondering why he wasn't happy to see them. He says it was because he felt dead inside after his time in the compound. Wow. Now, BuzzFeed had three authors of part one. They One of them was a licensed architect, and they kind of broke down what they saw in the satellite footage. To me, I looked at these photos. It was clearly a compound designed to house people for whatever reason that might be. Uh, there was guard towers on all four corners. There was two guard towers down the long sides straight in the middle. And on one short side, they had a large front entrance uh, building structure. In the inside, um, there was sets of three uh, just long rectangular buildings, two like an equal sign and then one running the other way. And they had just a series of those in the compound footage. BuzzFeed also compared uh, the size of it to Central Park in New York. And the compound itself was two kilometers long where there was a smaller compound that was guards housing that was also in the image. And it was the size of um, all the way the strip of Central Park in New York. Wow. That footage or that photo will be included in the sources. So if you want to see that, it was an interesting comparison. You can look that up. BuzzFeed cited an independent estimate that stated upward of 1 million have disappeared into the secretive facilities. They sourced um, Zens from earlier. It's the same source connected as Zens. So if you're kind of wondering in terms of um, maybe who's right, if this is broken down to he said, she said, I think what tips the scale at this point is the satellite images that clearly show prison-like yes. compounds in that area. Well, and just the fact that, that those haven't really been explained. Yeah, and we also listened to something about this from the Daily where they had spoken to somebody whose cousin or sibling or something was in the camps and they were trying to get them out and they were like petitioning the U.S. to help them get this yeah. person out. 
Um, we'll link to that episode. I don't really remember what goes on, but again, it was the same as BuzzFeed. They spoke to somebody that had some kind of link to knowing um, who has disappeared because upwards of 1 million people can't go into secretive facilities without all these people's, um, I guess, closest relations that weren't also moved knowing about it. So the word will get out. The word does get out. And as BuzzFeed said, um, they don't know what's going on right now, currently in day-to-day -day operations. Nobody knows. But the Google image satellites, which are publicly available, they do show prison-like institutional compounds, let's call them, um, in this area. So that's definitely extremely suspicious. I would suggest that tips the scales into China's guilt in this area. Yeah, that's yeah. not he said, she said. That's a picture, so... Yeah, as well as that drone video, which I recommend yes. people watching, it was pretty striking. All it was was a forced march. But again, they didn't, you know, I don't want to directly compare this to Nazi Germany, but many others have. Okay. And we didn't have drone video. We didn't, we didn't really see yes. marches. We saw people standing beside trains lo being loaded onto trains. The same thing is happening. Prisoners are being loaded onto trains and moved to strange compounds to be re-educated in communist propaganda is extremely yeah, suspect. Just because okay? China is not advertising it as much as Germany was. Now, what we need to look <laughs> at is, yeah, we don't know if uh, tens of thousands of people are being, you know, euthanized or gassed or just generally thrown in mass graves. We just know that they are sterilizing certain um, portions of the minority population in Xinjiang so that they cannot have children, and they are preventing the language from being spoken. So it does seem like they are uh, attempting to, quite seriously and quite forcefully, attempting to destroy the entire culture and peoples. Which, I use, as you stated at the beginning, is one of the definitions of genocide. Yeah, we'll see in terms of, I guess, a direct body count, but right now no children are in China's plans for this time. Now, just moving past BuzzFeed, I want to quickly kind of round up with the other headlines from around the globe. Al Jazeera claimed China was running 380 detention centers, but they quoted the same Australian study as BuzzFeed. The Washington Post published an opinion piece that stated, <clears throat> what's happening in Xinjiang is genocide. So I guess uh, Bezos isn't afraid of China. <laughs> Vox say... Concentration camps and forced labor, China's repression of the Uyghurs, explained. BBC also published the satellite photos and asked, China's hidden camps, what is happening to the vanished Uyghurs of Xinjiang? So everyone is asking questions right now. Definitely it is becoming um, uh, more saturated in the media, let's say. But right now this is a serious issue. Potential genocide... Joe Biden thinks it's genocide if anyone's voting for him. I will look at what Trump says. I know Trump has been extremely hard in China. I know he specifically likes to really harp on the China virus in terms of COVID, but I know his foreign policy as well is, um, for the most part, standing up to China. So I would assume he would agree that it's genocide too, but I haven't actually heard that direct quote from him. Canada, calling it genocide. America, calling it genocide. Britain, calling it genocide. Australia, calling it genocide. Al Jazeera stating 380 detention centers, basing it off the Australian study. What we have to kind of ascertain now um, is what's going to happen next on the foreign stage, on the foreign policy stage. I don't know if Canada alone can really do much, especially with um, China's economy being the second most powerful in the world after the United States. It would take a coalition of countries, and right now that seems to be kind of forming, but 
at least my opinion is that we should be standing up against human rights abuses. I'm sure that you would agree. I'm sure that most people would agree. Yes, absolutely. So I guess this is an attempt to get the word out. But what I want to be clear on is that while I did go into this with a bias believing that China was committing these offenses, that was based on my interview of the professor Tashi Seiring, I guess, two years ago. And I never questioned it until now. I never went in to actually dig through the evidence. Yeah, myself. Now, what we did come up with was mostly just interviews with detainees and satellite footage. Beyond that, not much more is even known, but we will be keeping an extremely close look on this, see kind of where this goes from here. So I was going to ask you one last question, and that was going to be what your opinion was on Canada's decision to make a statement and to make the particular statement that they did. So from what I've just heard you say, I think that you would say that you agree with Canada's decision and that you support the statement. Is that true? Do you think Canada specifically should be doing something more or should we be waiting to see what some of the potentially more powerful countries are going to do? Well, let's do look think? at um, just let's look at this in terms of the genocide convention by the United Nations. Canada is a signing and ratifying member of that convention. So is the United States. So is China. 152 people have signed on. So 151 of them should be condemning China publicly because all that's the whole point of the contract, the whole point of the agreement. And it's all to prevent uh, unnecessary and uneth unethical human death and suffering. Yeah. Right? So... I guess I would say I'm proud of Canada for speaking up against China, especially because we've been through the ringer by, let's just call it economic bullying. I feel economically bullied by China, and I'm not saying Canada is really standing, is like leading the foray and standing up to them. I think we're, in a lot of respects, like kind of making sure that the United States um steps also, with us yeah. Yeah. yeah like we're not stepping past them especially because we first got in hot water through the espionage scandal where um, the huawei executive meng wang Zhao was supposedly spying on the united states and the united states said hey detain her ex um, extradite her to us f to be tried and sentenced now we picked her up in the vancouver airport and ever since we've been holding her kind of dealing with the economic and political ramifications of that yeah. china wants her immediate release and have been basically refusing to purchase many of the exports that we normally sell to them or um putting kind of trade sanctions on us so the united states kind of has to take a lead on it other countries have to take a lead on it but canada has stated what they believe is an extreme breach of the contract that they all have signed and it's okay for them to bring that to attention Certainly. So my opinion is, yay, Canada, go Canada, good job. But what happens next is like, can these countries even do anything? Does this agreement even mean anything? Can it prevent genocide? Will it prevent genocide in this case? Time will tell. <laughs>